0: Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at Church. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand together? I am going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Micah, and this is a verse of scripture that I have uh, used um, last week. I'm going to use it again this week. Micah chapter 6, I'm reading from verse number 8. The Bible says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In addition to that, I want to read from Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 24. Whoops, I went too far. I'll let you do it up there. How's that? I'll take my hands off of this thing. It says, Brother Phil is on the ball up there. He's doing it and I'm doing it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For God took him. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. One more verse of scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5. Here the Bible says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. Now listen carefully to the end of this verse. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. He was a great prophet. Doesn't say that. He did many mighty works. Doesn't say that. He had this testimony. He pleased God. That's all he had. He pleased God. I want to talk to you about that today. I have entitled this part two. I started last week talking about walking with God. And this is a continuation on on that because I want to pick up where I left off last week. And this week I'm going to entitle part two is being pleasing the Lord. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your blessings, your mercy, and your truth. And we ask that by your spirit, you will touch in this house today. Open our ears, our understanding, enlighten our minds that we might grasp these things that I'm about to speak on. That we might serve you, Lord God, in the complete and fullness of the mind that you intend for us to serve you in. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. I give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Would you clap your hands one more time for the Lord today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I would dare say I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But I would dare say that if any of us have been around the Bible at all, been around church at all, we are all very familiar with the name Enoch. We've all heard of Enoch. What's interesting, however, about Enoch is that I have read practically every verse of Scripture in the Bible about him already. There is one more verse in Jude. Jude mentions Enoch's message. When Jude says in verse 14 of his only chapter, it was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones. So the only really thing that's attributed to Enoch as having done, other than please the Lord, he prophesied that Jesus was coming back with ten thousands of his saints. And that is yet to happen at the end of the tribulation period. And so we see here a man... Who everybody knows about, and yet he has no great feats of power or might attributed to him. None. Whatsoever. We don't know about any miracles that happened in his life. We don't know about anything he did that was supernatural. We don't know of any great preaching he did, except to say that the Lord's coming back. Amen? We've heard that message. Over and over, you've been involved with Pentecost at all, you know, you've heard the message, Jesus is coming back soon. Every preacher preaches that. That doesn't set you out. That doesn't make you a great preacher. I shouldn't say it doesn't make you a great preacher. It doesn't set you apart from the rest. To preach Jesus is coming back. That's what Enoch preached. The Lord's coming back with ten thousands of his saints. We're not even sure he always walked with God. We don't think about that, but we're not even sure Enoch always served God because the Bible doesn't even mention him until he's 65 years old. And the way it introduces us to him is to tell us that when he was 65, Methuselah was born, which was his son. And when Methuselah was born, Enoch then walked with God another 300 years and then God took him. So we really only know for sure that he walked with God from 65 years old onward. We don't know about the first 65. He could have been a scoundrel for all we know. I'm not saying that to be sacrilegious or to desecrate a great man. I'm just telling you that we don't know anything more about Enoch than what these few scriptures in the Bible tells us. We don't know that he always walked with God. But obviously something happened to him just before Methuselah was born. Methuselah was his son. He named him Methuselah on purpose. And just before Methuselah was born, evidently something happened in the life of Enoch. Because from that point on, he had this testimony that he pleased the Lord. Now when Methuselah was born, in fact, let me read the verse of Scripture, Genesis chapter 5. Enoch lived 65 years and he begot Methuselah and after he begot Methuselah Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Doesn't say anything about the first 65. You can speculate and say he was living for God then. Your guess is as good as the guy who says he was a sinner because the Bible doesn't tell us one way or the other. He begot Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And then verse 24, the famous verse, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Now let me just talk to you a little bit about Methuselah's birth. That is, you can understand what it might have been that happened. Because when Methuselah was ready to come forth, Enoch picked a name for him that has a significant meaning. The meaning of Methuselah's name is his death shall bring or his death shall bring forth. All right. That's what his name means. So something happened with Methuselah or with Enoch when his wife was pregnant with Methuselah. And uh, although Enoch probably believed in God, he suddenly got a message from God and he named his son according to that message. The message was evidently along the lines that judgment upon the earth is coming. And it evidently was a uh, detailed timeline as to when this judgment was coming. Because Enoch had an understanding that it had to do with his son being the time frame. Somehow... My son has started the clock moving towards judgment. So he named him Methuselah, meaning that uh, the Lord was coming, that judgment was coming. Because of his choice for names, something had to have happened to Enoch. His death shall bring was his name. So Methuselah became the oldest man to ever live, recorded history, biblical history. Methuselah, Enoch's son, the oldest man to ever live, 969 years he lived. And back then it was not uncommon to live eight, 900 years. Adam was created to live forever. Sin caused him to die within that first thousand years. From then on, it was a, man's life didn't span more than a thousand years, but many of them lived into eight, 900 years old. I'd still be a young pup. Living back then, I'd still be wet beyond the ears right now, 63 years old. I didn't even begun to live. (laughs) That's how it's going to be in glory, my friend. Praise God. But Enoch evidently understood that this boy that was being born to him was going to be a time clock for judgment. He understood judgment was coming and somehow my son is going to usher that in. And so I'm going to name him Methuselah, meaning the judgment is coming. And uh, it was right after Methuselah died that the flood came. Right after Methuselah died, the flood came in Noah's day and destroyed the world. And Enoch somehow got a understanding of that. That this boy that's being born to me is going to be the one who's going to usher in this judgment as he leaves this planet. And he did. He died 900, what did I say, 969 years old. And right after that, the flood came. So Enoch appeared to have a revelation at the time his son was born. And it was that revelation that brought about the name he gave his son that tells us that after he became the father of Methuselah, that's when he began to walk with God. We need a revelation. We need to have a revelation that Jesus is coming. Judgment is coming. And if there's ever been a day to serve God, it's today. Let that revelation come to every one of us that we can understand the clock is ticking. Jesus is coming, and I want to be ready to meet Him. How many of you want to be ready to meet the Lord when He comes? (laughs) Praise God. Now last week, last week I talked to you about walking with God, and I explained to you uh, the different mindset of people who want to get God to walk with them rather than them walking with God. We want God to be with us, to bless us, to do what we're doing, help us do what we're doing, when the truth of the matter is we should be seeking God so that we are doing what He wants to be doing. That was last week's message. I'm not going to re-preach that. I do encourage you to get that or watch it on YouTube. Get it off our podcast or what have you, but walking with God and getting God to walk with us are two different things. This week, I want to talk to you about this man, Enoch, who walked with God, who is so famous and yet so little is spoken of him. Again, everybody knows the name Enoch, but nobody knows what he really did. If I were to ask you, what did Enoch do that makes him so famous? Did he call down fire from heaven? No. Did he destroy the Baal prophets? No. Did he hold back the rain for 40 years? No. Did he cause water to come out of a rock? No. What miraculous thing did Enoch ever do that makes him so famous? Nothing. Nothing. Did you hear me? Nothing. He did nothing to make him famous except to what? Walk with God and please God. He had this testimony. He pleased the Lord. My friend, if I have any testimony whatsoever, I want it to be that I pleased the Lord. That's what we need to understand today. You don't need to be someone special. You don't need to have special talents. You don't need to have a special mind. You don't need to be the big name preacher or the big name musician, pastoring the big church, bringing in all the money, having your voice echoed across the states. You don't need all of that. All you need is a testimony that says he or she pleased God. That's all you need. Praise God. I think sometimes one of the biggest battles we face trying to live for God, and we do battle. There's no doubt about that. We battle. Some days are a battle. But I think our biggest battle in trying to serve God or do something for God is the battle of the mind. But let me tell you specifically what I mean when I talk about the battle of the mind that causes us to struggle serving God. I believe it's the battle of the mind that constantly tries to beat into us that we are nobody special. You don't really matter. You went to church today. Nobody even noticed that you were there. Or you didn't go to church today. Nobody even noticed you weren't there. Because you're a nobody. You don't matter. Our minds want to constantly beat us down to where we think nobody cares, nobody knows, nobody, I'm nothing special. There's something great about feeling like you're special to somebody, but too often we feel special to nobody. And we certainly too often feel like we are not special to God. We don't have great talents. We don't have a great voice. We don't have a great, we're not a great preacher. We're not even a great prayer warrior. We're not even no sure I know how to worship correctly. I am a nobody. And the devil would like to beat you over the head and make you feel like because you're a nobody, you're worthless. Why bother? I'm here to tell you something. Enoch was a nobody. What claim to fame does Enoch have? No miracles, no supernatural, no great preacher, no church. Just a guy who lived sometime after Adam, but he had this one testimony. And when it comes to you and I serving God, and it comes to you and I in His eyes, I don't know what you think of me. I'm not sure I care what you think of me. The only testimony I want to know I have is that when my time is over here, I can say, I pleased the Lord. Praise God. You don't have to be special. You don't even have to matter to anybody. You don't have to matter to anybody. To anyone. To be able to walk with God. Because you're special to Him. And you matter to Him. And eternity without Him is something that neither one of you want. Him or you. You don't want an eternity without Him. You know, Enoch walked with God for 300 years, and God took him. And when his life was over, he had just one testimony that is the testimony I pray every one of us strives for. He pleased the Lord. He had this testimony. He pleased the Lord. Some of the old-timers will remember the chorus, the song we used to sing. Uh, we shall be changed. Remember that old song, James. We shall be changed, changed, and I didn't forget the words. Now it's so old; it's older than me. But I do remember one verse. I remember one verse that said this. Do you remember Brother Enoch, who lived before the flood? He had this testimony. He called down fire from heaven. Nope. He had this testimony. He raised the dead. Nope. He had this testimony. He preached in a mega church. Nope. He had this testimony. He was on TV and the whole country knew of him. Nope. He had this testimony. He pleased the Lord. That was his testimony. That was his testimony. And when Jesus looks at his book of life and starts flipping through... And there's so-and-so, and and he was a great singer. And there's so-and-so, boy, he was a great musician. And he used used his music for my glory. I'm glad about that. And there's so-and-so, boy, what a preacher he was. He could preach the gospel and bring people to their knees repenting. And there's so-and-so, oh, and there's Richard Frank, Richard John Frank Jesus. You remember that message, right? There's Richard John Frank Jesus. What did he do? He pleased the Lord. That's all I need after my name. He pleased the Lord is all I need. Do you remember Brother Enoch, the song said, who lived before the flood? He had this testimony. What was this testimony? He really loved the Lord. He went for a little stroll one day, just him and God alone. And God dear, really did make a change in him because he never did come home. <laughs> Man, we'd sing that song, We Shall Be Changed. People go jumping and shouting thinking about the fact we're going to be changed for one reason and one reason only. Because we pleased the Lord. Don't you let the devil beat you down saying, your life is worthless. You're hopeless. Look at all the blunders you've made. The stupid things you've done. All you got to do is be able to look to Jesus and say, Am I pleasing you? Because that's all that matters. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I want to wrap this up by saying this. The only claim to fame that Enoch has is that he pleased the Lord. It's the only claim to fame he has. We think we've got to be somebody, know somebody, have a name, a talent, an ability, something that that separates us from the masses. No, you don't. You only need one testimony following your name and that is that you pleased the Lord. So as you get ready to leave this place today, I want you to leave this place with a desire to please God. What pleases you? It doesn't matter if anybody else notices. It doesn't matter if I get any fame, any claim to fame. It doesn't matter if you've held back every talent you've ever given out and you left me out of that line. It doesn't matter when you were passing out brains, I missed the cutoff date. It doesn't matter if when you were handing out talents, I got late in line, by the time I got up front, there was none left. I'm a man or I'm a woman, I'm an individual. And whatever I have, I want to please you with it. When my life comes to an end, I don't, want, I don't need a testimony what a great preacher he was. I don't need a testimony. Boy, what a, what a faith healing ministry he had. I don't need a testimony of how mighty works I've done. I just want Jesus to say you really pleased me and so I close by saying this some folks think they don't need to be baptized I don't need to be baptized in Jesus name we could argue doctrine all you want would it please Jesus if you did it if you were baptized in his name would that please Jesus? Some people think they don't need the Holy Ghost. They don't need to speak in tongues to prove they have it. We could argue doctrine all you want. Would it please Jesus if you did it? Some people think they don't need to go to church to be saved. Maybe you don't. Does it please Jesus when we gather ourselves together? Join the family of God. Does it please Him? Because you see, that's what really should matter to us. What pleases God more? I've heard people say, I feel, I go, to, I have my church services out in the woods. I go hunting, I feel God out there. I can feel God just about anywhere. But does it please God if I come here also? And gather together with you and worship him? Does that please Jesus? Because if it does... I want to have this testimony. I pleased the Lord. I've had people say all this raising of hands and clapping hands and all this emotional response. That's not necessary. We could argue doctrine, scriptures, all you want. Let me ask you this. Does it please Jesus if you clap your hands for him? Does it please him to raise your hands? You see, have that testimony. Not I followed a doctrine, I followed a rule, I followed a law. I followed my love for him and I just wanted to please him. This pleases him, but this will please him more. Let me do that. I don't need to fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. I don't need to fill in the blank. Would it please Jesus if you did it? Because at the end of my life, I don't care any bit about any claim to fame. I want one testimony written next to my name in his book of life. He pleased me. He pleased me. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.